0: Good morning, and welcome to another mini Monday episode of Crime Over Coffee.
1: We're your hosts. I'm Erica. And I'm Abby. Today, I'm going to tell you guys about the murder of Alicia
0: Suarez. So, pour yourselves a strong cup of joe, and let's dive in.
1: In early of 2002, Alicia Suarez was 23 years old and living in Orlando, Florida in East Orange County with her three-year-old daughter. She had just graduated college and was doing pretty well according to her sister. She was described as a very bubbly, wonderful mom. She had a great sense of humor and was just an all-around really good person. On March 4th, 2002, Authorities are called to a fire at the Cypress Club Apartments, which is where Alicia lived. After the fire was put out, neighbors noticed that Alicia had never made it outside. So firemen and police go into her apartment and and find that Alicia's body was badly burned. After further investigation, it showed that she had stab wounds to her chest and neck, and that's how she had passed away. And it looked like someone had piled some furniture on her and set it on fire
0: to try to hide evidence. Um, So, can we talk about that for a minute? Now, we do see it quite a bit where people do try to set fires just to cover up evidence. But that's awful that that's what happened. She was stabbed and then set on fire. So the cause of death was the stabbing. So was she dead prior to the fire? Do they know?
1: From what I could tell, she was murdered and then the fire was set after the fact. There was no signs of forced entry into her apartment. So investigators believe that the perpetrator was let in. However, I think it is possible that she just didn't have her apartment door locked and someone came in but it would still make sense that it was someone who knew her and didn't just by random go into that apartment.
0: How long had the fire been burning before the police got there?
1: I'm not sure how long the fire was going. There were only a couple articles I could find on Alicia's story. So there's not a lot of information out there.
0: Well, because I'm just wondering how they're determining that there was no forced entry because if the fire, if it destroyed enough of the house, it'd be hard to determine that. I don't think the fire actually
1: destroyed the building. It seems like if they were able to tell that the door was unlocked and there's no signs of forced entry, I'm guessing the fire was put out pretty quickly or I'm not exactly sure how that happened. Before I continue with this story... I just want to point out since i already mentioned that there wasn't a lot of information on this case there is a website that i got some information most of the information for alicia's story from it's called ProjectColdCase.org, and you can go to their cold case database and read all these people's stories that they were murdered or her and it has not been solved And I do think it'd be really good for you guys to go ahead and go look at that just to see if it's anything where it's, especially if it's near where you live, if there's any chance that you know anything about the case. There was one witness who came forward and said that they saw a young white male fleeing from the apartment immediately after the alarm is pulled. And I think by that they mean the apartment building, but that was all they could give as an identifier was that it was a young white male. Alicia did have an ex-boyfriend that she had expressed some concern about to her sister. I guess he was starting to make her nervous and being a little aggressive and kind of harassing her. Orange County Sheriff's deputies were able to see that, according to ATM records, that her ex-boyfriend was near her apartment around the time of the murder.
0: Was there any evidence that he was, I mean, other than like the sister's concerns, was there any evidence that he was violent or that he would carry out something like this?
1: He didn't have any prior record for anything, but that, you know, that doesn't say a lot. He did also admit that he had gone to Alicia's apartment earlier in the night, so prior to the fire, but he said it was an amicable visit and nothing happened, and then he also said that he was at his home with a friend at the time of the murder, and the friend confirmed this. However, this confirmation came after detectives actually arrested him.
0: So he was arrested for the murder, and then the roommate came forward, or he came forward and said that- He was arrested for it. They were pretty sure it was him, but... Then the friend came forward and said, never mind, he was with me.
1: The friend came forward and confirmed his alibi. Also, they realized that the ATM they were looking at was in a different time zone, so it was off by an hour, which was what they were basing the timeline off of. And they had to release him from custody. His name was never given because he was released from custody, And even though he was released in Florida, they have a speedy trial rule. So if you're arrested for a felony, prosecutors have 175 days to get this to court. And even though he was released, that clock kept running. So now he is past that day that even if they have new evidence, they're not able to charge him.
0: Yep. We see that a lot. Or we'll see, you know, because you can't retry somebody, so they take them to court for something and they don't have all the evidence that they need and then they just get a walk free.
1: Mm -hmm, Exactly. And, you know, Orange County Public Defender Robert Wesley made a comment about why this rule is in place. And he was talking about how in some cases there's a lot of distress for suspects and their families as well. And so they have that in place. So that they can't keep going after someone, assuming they end up being innocent. Yep. But in this case, investigators and Alicia's family all believe that this man is guilty.
0: Well, and that's unfortunately, I mean, how it is, is they put these rules in place with the goal of not going after an innocent person. But I see it a lot where it ends up they just can't go after the person that actually did it. And that's what the rule ends up coming into play more for, is that, and not just protecting the innocent.
1: I agree. It's really problematic, and you can see how it's problematic from both ends. And it's crazy that you have to have like this one law that's going to cover them both, but leave room for error.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: The mystery has been solved. So please go to FireDeptCoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way.
1: Alicia's sister and her family have lobbied to repeal or change and amend this law. They think that it, well, clearly in their situation that it was unjust. Because he's getting away with it. Because they do believe this man is responsible. And her sister also made a comment about how she thinks the clock should pause after he's released. Mm -hmm. So that if they find new evidence, that 175 days would start up or whatever's left of it.
0: I absolutely agree with that. So we did an episode recently about the statute of limitations. And it kind of... I know we talked about Florida. I don't remember what their exact number was for felonies like their statute of limitations but it kind of makes that go out the window almost a little bit if they're going off of this 175 day speedy trial amount
1: yeah i know i was thinking about that too because i'm not sure if they're the same or if it's different but it was for florida for the speedy trial law specifically 175 days for a felony and 90 days if it's a misdemeanor hmm which is a very short amount of time. 175 days for a felony or something like a murder charge seems like a really short amount of time, especially when you look at how much goes into investigating murders and crimes of this nature. And it's all such a long process that it's weird to me that it's such a short amount of time.
0: It is. And I see the benefit because, once again, trying to protect the innocent, trying not to make innocent people sit in prison or whatever for extended periods of time, I mean... We see it so often where a murder case can take two to five years to go to trial and to actually be charged. And that's not abnormal for us to see. So I can see, like, the point of it. But I think that maybe making it a little bit longer... And I agree with the sister in saying that the time should be paused if he's not actually in jail. Because, one what we're going to start seeing is prosecutors having to quickly come up with evidence and wrongfully convicting or missing out on evidence that would actually convict somebody that did it or you're going to see people just being able to escape just because they ran the timer out basically even the statute of limitations stops once you leave the state until you come back to the state because you can't run the timer out but this one they're just like nah you can run the timer out it's fine I'm baffled. I am too. It just seems
1: like, and this can't be the only case like this. Oh, no, not at all. I'm sure it happens more than we know about. And that's just so sad for Alicia and her
0: family. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Because there's nobody else that most likely did it. It was most likely him. And he's just never going to, they're never going to get actual answers. They're never going to get actual justice. It's just going to be him living his life, knowing that he murdered this woman and that her three-year-old daughter just had to grow up without a mom. Yeah, and I'm not sure if his alibi was lying, but honestly, when their best friend is the one sticking up for them, you do question it. Mm -hmm. And
1: there was enough evidence that police arrested him and charged him, but they didn't have enough once all this fell through. And, you know, from what I can tell, they're pretty sure it was him. So it's just unfortunate. I do wonder, they don't mention his name because he was released and is no longer a suspect, but I do kind of wonder if he ever got in trouble for anything else later on i would
0: be very interested to know are they still doing any investigation at all into the case or have they pretty much just kind of closed it
1: i assume they're still doing some type of investigation i'm sure at least her family is because they're still kind of active in it they talk about how they're trying to really get her story out there and specifically her sister who's her name is carolyn and she's still trying to fight for justice. I think they do go out and try to lobby and, you know, make a change in the legal system. And I think it's kind of cool and important that people keep fighting for that kind of thing. Anyone who has any information about this case, they're encouraged to contact the Orange County Sheriff's Office at 407-254-7000. You can also remain anonymous and call the Central Florida Crime Line at 800-423-8477. And there is also a $5,000 reward for any information that can lead into the prosecution of Alicia's Killer.
2: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found.